All right. It is hot outside. It's very cool in here. We're so blessed. You know, I was thinking during worship. I try to focus during worship. Obviously, it's all about Jesus. But my mind wandered a little bit, a little ADD. And I was thinking, wow, how committed were the Christians to raise up, to evangelize, and to build churches in the South 100 years ago, 150 years ago? They came to church in July. You talk about love Jesus. I was thinking, man, we're kind of soft sometimes. <laughs> they did all of that, built the kingdom of God, proclaimed his goodness in their generation. And they're just, I take me from glory to glory as they probably prayed it harder than we did as they would sweat. Well, we're in the middle of a summer series. I'm reminding you is the name of it. I'm reminding you. I like reminders, especially when people that love me and tell me in a loving way, the word of God, the people who wrote the Bible, is gonna, they're going to proclaim it in a loving way, and I'm going to work to tell you in a loving way these beautiful reminders of the word of God. So we're going to be in the book of Titus today. Never preach from Titus as a main text. We all need reminders. I was looking at a few pictures on the internet. Here are some funny little jokes, some reminders. I've decided that saying I'm feeling nostalgic is a gentle way of reminding you that you're getting older. <laughs> See what else? This is for all the teachers. Because my students have to be constantly reminded. Look at her shirt. <laughs> think, think. Hope you do not have a boss like this. Please don't ask me to remind you to do anything else for a while. I'm out of sticky pads. <laughs> well, we're in the book of Titus. We're going to read chapter 3. Let me set this up. Paul, who's going to write to his son Titus, has, he has like, in Paul's lifetime, he has 18 spiritual sons. Paul does. All throughout the New Testament. Timothy is, we always think about Timothy as his spiritual son. He does say, my beloved son. But Titus was also a beloved son. Very different. So Paul is writing to Titus, who is a Gentile in a tough area. He's in Crete, a large island in the Mediterranean Sea. At the time he wrote it, around 100 city villages. It was a very populated area. It was a rough area, a big island. So you have to think of ships and docks and all the stuff that goes along with it and oil rigs and roughnecks, not oil rigs, but you understand the, the area Titus was in. And Titus was a Gentile. He was a tough kind of a guy. If you're going to go to the island of Crete and be a pastor, you're going to have to have some fur on you. And he's this, this kind of guy. Timothy is not. Remember, Timothy is very timid. So you can always remember Titus tough, Timothy timid. Now, God used them both. They had dramatically different personalities. They were both successful pastors and ministers in different areas God used. No one's exempt, right? We can all be used by God. So this is where we are in Titus. And let me read, it's on your notes there, a statement of a theologian here. It's on your notes. He says, here is a fine picture of the New Testament church. It is full of achieve. It is it's in its full achievement in the community as an organization. In this epistle is found the measuring rod. The ideal church is one that has an orderly organization. They have overseers. They have people over them. Someone in charge is sound in doctrine. Not going off on all crazy tangents. Pure in life. They love each other. They're functioning in real relationships and ready to do every good work. Well, that makes me want to read the book of Titus. That makes me want to 
learn from it. So let's jump in here. Titus chapter 3. Let's read 1 through 8. Remind them. So we got to start with that. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God, of God our Savior, toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want, I want you to affirm how often? Constantly. This is a, a reminder. Let's think about these things all, often, all the time, constantly, that those who have believed in God, we got Christ followers here? Yes, we got Christ followers. Believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Well, let's learn some things from the Word of God from this letter he's writing to Titus to talk to the local church and to live like this in your day-to-day lives in this area, this difficult area, this area where um, Crete ships and people are coming and going and you got crazy work schedules and lifestyles and all that stuff. It sounds very familiar. So let's look at this. Let's start in verse 2. To speak evil of no one, to be peaceful, to be peaceful, gentle, showing, now this one gets me, Showing all humility to how many? All? Come on, Paul. Come on. All men, these rough people that are maybe rude or difficult in the, in the area of Crete, to show humility to all men. There's a secret here about influence. Now, you want to influence a 40-year-old sailor coming off a ship and he didn't even want to go to church. He got lost somehow and ended up in Titus's church. And he's lost and he's got a wife on the other side of the ocean and all of these things going on. And it's like, this is just one scenario. If you want to influence them, he says, speak evil of no one. So whoever's walking in your door in Crete, no matter what they look like, no matter how they're talking, speak evil of no one. Be gentle. Be peaceable, peaceable, gentle, showing humility showing all humility to all men. Hmm. I want to remind you how to have influence over people, Paul's saying. Number one on your notes. Godly influence begins with service to others. Doesn't it? How? This doesn't make a lot of... Wait a minute. Hold on. This is a a happening place. It can be loud. There's all kind of voices in Creed. It can be a rough place. You want me to be like this, and then I'm going to have more influence? Yes. The way up is always down in the kingdom. The way up is always down. Watch this. Flip in your Bible, just back a page or two to the very beginning of Titus. Titus 1.1. I'm going to look at three scriptures. 
from a pastor, Titus, written to a pastor, Titus, and two apostles in James and Peter. Titus 1.1, look what it says. Paul, a what? A bondservant. A lifelong, usually, indentured slave with, with little rights, just someone who obeyed and served. Paul, a bondservant, and now this is a big deal, of God and he puts the apostle after. Apostles like the highest. A bondservant first. Go to the next scripture. Here's what James says in James 1.1. 1, 1. James a what? A what? A bond? You want me to have influence? James running the biggest church that existed in his time. He was in Jerusalem. He ran the biggest church that existed on the planet. He had Rome breathing down his neck and still fighting and issues with the, the Jews. And he says, let me tell you how I influence this area of Jerusalem, a bondservant. Let's go to Peter now. Surely Peter, the boisterous, loud, dominating business owner. Simon Peter, a what? Hmm, this is not even all of them. You can actually keep looking at the different apostles, leaders in the Bible. This is very common. He said, above all, I know how Jesus led and how he influenced. And my strength, Paul said, is made perfect in. Godly influence begins with service to others. Because when we serve, God's able to use us. This is true of a church. If we want to influence, we serve. A great quote says this, The theology of Christianity is based on grace. I love that theology. There is no other line of thought in all the world. There is nothing in man. There is no other false religion that proclaims that God did it and I get to come to him. That's what's different of Christianity. It's based on grace. The ethics of Christianity are based on gratitude. I serve, I do these things because I get to, because I'm happy to, because I get to follow Jesus and endeavor to repay him back for what he's done. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. I love that. It saves us alone, but it makes us want to do things. All right, let's see. We're back in Titus here. So he proclaims good works, showing humility to all men. He says, because, why? Because you yourself, and he makes a long list. We can find ourselves in, before Christ with some of those words. Verse 6. Whom he poured out on us abundantly, I love that, abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's just two verses in the Bible. It's lots of verses about the abundant riches of God, the amazing grace of God, about how we are heirs, we're adopted children of His. You know what it tells me? And he's telling this church, Paul is reminding Titus to remind his church of this. Number two on your notes. Rejection and inferiority. They can't live in a redeemed heart. They may try to get in there. They may try to sneak in. may try to plant some seeds. But they can't live in a redeemed heart. Why? Because if all I knew is that he was saying, 
whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified, made in right standing by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If that's all I had, I would know the word of God is true. And I say inferiority and rejection cannot live here. It cannot live here. Amen. So in your heart, in the issues of life and the things you're dealing with, I want to remind you, as Paul reminded Titus, as you go through life, as you do ministry, as you do whatever you're doing for the kingdom and glory of God, it can't live in you because you're an heir of his. His spirit is in you. He's regenerated you. So rejection and inferiority cannot live in a redeemed heart. Let's look at a scripture in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Very famous scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That word in the Greek means it's a new species. Something that has not existed. A new species. Begotten, born, not of this world. The Holy Spirit, you are born again, right? A new species. Therefore, that species is from God and rejection and inferiority can't live there. A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. A new creation, a new species. Let's go back to Titus. Verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly. He starts with reminding. He says, I want you to talk about them constantly. That those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain or to be over, to watch over, to be involved in good works. To maintain, to think about good works. Number three on your notes. Commit to a lifestyle of what? A ministry. Not Ministry is not an event only. It may be, maybe a church event. It may be something you're doing worship or children's ministry or this or that or outreach, but a lifestyle of ministry. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.11 And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now watch the words he uses. For the edifying of the body, that's the building up, till we all come into unity We are to do ministry until we all come into unity. Until everyone that we know has accepted or rejected Christ 
until we all are in brotherly and sisterly unity, unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me back up to verse eight, and then we'll uh, verse eleven. Then we'll go back into verse twelve. So he gives five positions, five parts of the church that are to teach and to do, to teach to do the ministry and to to edify the body to do the work of the ministry. There's a great little teaching that I saw that helped me to remember this so well because you kind of forget and what's their function, how they work. So everybody's got a hand, hand like this. So number one, you have the apostle, the apostle. The reason it's the apostle is because they touch all the ministries. See, I can do this. Try to touch this finger and that finger together. They just don't connect. You can push them together, but there's no natural. This is a healthy body that there is oversight and leadership that touch all the others, the apostle. Every ministry should have an apostle, some oversight into all the parts. You have your pointer, the prophet. You know why it's a pointer? Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. It's right at you. It's poignant. It's not a sermon. It's usually like two minutes, right? A long prophecy is five minutes, maybe. It's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Now, even though it's direct at you, almost all prophecy is edification. It encourages, it builds up. It can be used for rebuke or warning, but almost all in the Bible, it's to build up. It's to build up. That's what prophecy is for. Word of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy. You have the longest finger, the middle finger. (laughs) It sticks out, right? You're thinking, how is this pastor going to pull this off? <laughs> he has got himself out on a limb. <laughs> you, ever, you ever met someone who's just an evangelist? They may not like being an evangelist full-time. They're just evangelistic. Five minutes, no matter what the conversation is, they're talking about heaven and hell, right? You started off talking about we're going to dinner, but five minutes into it, do you know Jesus and are you saved, right? They just stick out at every party, at every conversation. They're just always talking about Jesus. That's an evangelist. And yes, they can be, it can be irritating sometimes, sometimes even offensive. And that's as far as I'm going to go there. <laughs> the pastor, the wedding ring, because he's married to the church. That's why it's the, that helps you remember. He's connected, he's married to it. He's, he wakes up in the middle of the night. Not me, because I have too many kids, I'm too tired. <laughs> That's how you can remember that one, the pastor. So we've got the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Why not pinky? Just small enough to get in your ear and get down in your head and just make you think about ministry, make you all of this, the teacher. And even annoying sometimes, but you need, you need them. You need the teacher. Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, okay, the teacher. So that helps you to remember and understand. Every church needs to have that. I want you to think about that. I want you to pray for it. I want you to say, God, I don't, I don't want to pray this alone. We're going to pray it together. In our church, be thinking about it. Now you can remember. Lord, let us function in all of these areas for health, for the body, for unity, for your power, for your spirit. So the church looks like 
this. So these five, these five positions all are for the body of Christ so that they're involved, so that these function and produce a lifestyle of ministry, a lifestyle of ministry. I love the way it, it says, for the work of the ministry to the building up of the edifying of the body till all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh, that we should no longer be children. It's this beautiful picture of growth. Paul writes this to Timothy, uh, to Titus, who is, he's teaching to encourage the, the church all the time to think like this. And really, if you boil it all down, it is such a lifestyle of ministry. It's all about a lifestyle of obedience. I'm just going to be obedient to you, Lord. I'm going to be obedient to you, Lord. I'm going to be obedient in every way I can, and I know you'll use me. As so often, the Lord speaks to you. You know, He shows you through children. The Lord has shown me so much through having children. And uh, my oldest, my son, is seven now, and we went through a time of, you know, he does what I want him to do. He does when I ask him, but, you know, he doesn't do it happily. You have children, right? They do it, but they're just doing it because they don't want the consequence or whatever. Well, Ben had, had it's coming out of him, but he had a very um, obvious, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. So I'd say, Ben, this is what we're going to do. Let's, okay, you got it? And he would, this is literally what he would do. Okay. And he would walk off, slump his shoulders. He would walk off like this. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't want to ask him to do anything else at this point. I'm just like, oh, it's, ugh. You, you have to tell you've been there. Oh, you just, he's doing it, but it's like, oh. Well, we prayed and I fasted and cried out to God. No, I'm just, I mean, you just work with them, right? You just worry. It's a marathon. You just work with them. Well, somehow he got into some, he saw some military stuff, and he saw some people saying, yes, sir. And it clicked in his mind that he's a young man, and he may not be doing this right. The, his view of life and ministry may not be the best. <laughs> it just clicked. So I say, Ben, listen, we're going to cut the grass. I know it's June, almost July. Actually, today is July. I know it's hot. I know you are greatly deficient in pigment, but we've got a big hat, and we are going to get the grass cut. This is what we do, all right? So he has started, it clicked, this military thing. I say, you got it? He walks into me, and he goes, yes, sir. And his attitude and demeanor changes. Now, he doesn't do this all the time. He's not Jesus. He's a sinner. Yes, sir. And instead of doing this, this is his pace. When he, it's just 20 minutes to get to, to his room to do whatever to start the, the project. Maybe it's a toy or whatever. 20 minutes just to get there because that's his demeanor about the job. But when he says, yes, sir, he inherently always does something. I don't know why. He runs. He just ta- he runs. He takes off. He knows that he's supposed to do He's excited to do it. And he takes off and he runs. And I thought... That's what it looks like 
to be committed to ministry and to love it. That's what it looks like to say, you know what, Lord? I want to do what you tell me to do. I want to be ready for every good work, showing humility to all. I want to do this because you, the Father, have called me to do it, have asked me to do it, not as a pastor. As a, we're talking about Christians and Christianity. That's the way I want to do it. And I thought, that's it right there. That is it right there. Now that attitude that he started with is going to carry him on to success because you're not going to usually have success starting like this. It just doesn't work, right? Let's stand up. Three simple things I'm reminding you. Super, super simple. We can remember these. That all influence in God's kingdom starts with going down instead of up. That's a beautiful picture because everyone can do that. Lord, if I just serve. I forgot to read my scripture in John. Let's end it with this scripture. It's fitting. It's going to be on your screen right there. John 13, 12. So when he had washed their feet, we all know where he is now. We all know that the supper's ended. Takes his outer clothes off. The disciples are perplexed. He washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again. He said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for I am so. Above all, he's God of the universe, king of glory, always for all eternity. Even though he just washed some dirty feet, he's God. He's always been, always will be, for I am so. And I then... Your Lord and your teacher have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. That's the all scripture we read. They didn't like each other sometimes. For I have given you an example that you should follow, that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Now look at this. If you know these things, if you know them, you're not blessed for knowing them. What does it say? Blessed are you if you, yes, sir. That's what I want to do in life. I'm going to heaven. He has sealed me. I'm saved by his mercy. What will separate me from the love of God? What I want to do on this earth, this tiny sliver of time I have, is to put up my chest and say, yes, sir. That's, that's what we want to do, isn't it? That's what we all want to do. Come on, let's go to them. Let's go to them. Blessed are you if you do them.
life, you've closed some people off to the all. Show humility to all men, all people. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about that. Someone, someone in your house. Maybe you struggle with rejection and inferiority. Spirit of God on the inside of you is greater than he that's in the world. And we have a decision to make today. I want to fork the road for you. As I see Titus sitting there talking to people he loved, who he did life with, who he hung out with, he said, guys, we got to move forward. We've got people to reach. You have neighbors that I don't have. You have to commit to a lifestyle of ministry if we're going to do what God's called us to do. I see myself. See yourself there. A lifestyle of ministry. Not an event. A lifestyle. Commit to the Lord. He may speak to you someday. Yes, sir. It takes off running. I totally really don't even care if he does the job well or not. It's of little consequence to me if he does it perfectly. Clean his room, whatever it is. When he cuts the grass, I mean, I mean there's, it's ugly. <laughs> but he's learning. I don't care that much. I'll go help him. I'll teach him. I'll work. That's just part of maturing. We have a patient Heavenly Father. I don't care very much because my heart is so full of joy that my son willingly, happily says, I'm like, oh, whatever he does, however well, I really don't care because sacrifice I have not desired, but an obedient and a contrite heart that I'm close to. Is that the gospel truth? See, the Lord just wants us to get to the place of saying, He'll take care of everything else. Your ability has little consequence 
with the God of the universe who can speak and create worlds. Ability he cares little about. The world cares about that because that's all they've got. He cares about your heart and saying, yes, sir. I want that. Do y'all want that? That's our prayer today. Come on, let's pray. Come on, Jesus. Lord, we understand that ability sacrifices you didn't care that much for. What you desired was a humble and obedient heart. A contrite, the Bible says. A, a bent knee kind of a yes, sir. Lord, we want that. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you reminded us. Thank you that, that you reminded that church, Titus's church. Thank you that you're reminding us, Lord, it's the common faith we have in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, in our generation, help us, God. Help us in our homes. Help us with our spouses. Help us with our children. Help us in our workplace. Help us in the marketplace. A smiling, yes, sir. And Lord, that's when your power comes. Your joy comes. That's when the supernatural meets our natural. We thank you for that, God. We're asking for it. And we thank you that you are giving it to us. Because it's your good pleasure to. And we do all this today from the first song to the ending prayer in the mighty, strong name of the Son of God, our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. Now give him praise and glory. You guys have a great AC.